Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and you are on the best place to be right now in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast because this Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, I've been doing it now since, what, 2011? And I've interviewed literally hundreds of people. And every time I talk to somebody who's doing real estate, I get excited again, right? So it's I love it. It's therapeutic for me, right? Because sometimes when you're doing the same old, same old, day in, day out, right? It can get a little boring, but I have the privilege of interviewing successful investors, new, young, and old from all over the world, literally, that are doing real estate and investing in properties. So if you haven't already, you need to go to our website at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Check out our previous 500-something-plus episodes, which blows me away. And if you like the show, leave us a review in iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know that you like it. I appreciate it. So I got something really cool today. We're interviewing a guy named Zach Ginn, and he is a a, a related, I guess you could say. (laughs) He's the son of Rick. And Rick Ginn, I've interviewed several times before. And Zach, did I pronounce your last name right? Yes, Ginn. Okay, Ginn. G-I-N-N. And I've interviewed his dad before a couple of times, and I'm opening it up my podcast right now to tell you guys which episode. But Rick is the guy who made the handwritten postcard infamously, infamously famous, if that's a word. <laughs> and uh, Rick also has, is an expert in probate investing. So I've interviewed him twice, but one of the podcasts was in two parts. So if you go back and listen to episode 140, 140, and also episodes 115 and 116, those were part one and part two. We talked about direct mail. We talked about why answering the phone is so important. And we talked about probates, which is awesome. So the other day, Rick sends me an email, says, hey, my son wrote a book. Zach, how old are you? 18. 18. And it's about how he went from bags to riches. (laughs) So I love that title. And I thought, huh, this looks really good. So I just gave it to my son, who is 14. I said, hey, read this. And he's he's an avid reader. He reads like one big book every one or two days. And uh, it's not a big book, but he read it in like 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. Like he's a really fast reader. But, uh, and he, for the first time he said to me, Dad, that's a really good book. I'm. Can you teach me about real estate? <laughs> Which is so cool because uh, he's 14 years old. He's just been lately starting to think about making money, getting cars. Like he's trying to figure out what kind of car he wants. And I had talked to him about real estate, but I've never really pushed anything on him before. And so he reads Zach's book which is a PDF and gets excited about real estate. And he starts talking to me and says, can you teach me a little bit about real estate and what this stuff is? And so I'm glad you're on the show, Zach. How are you? Good. How are you? Really good. Really good. You know, um, my son is, um, what, what was your first car, Zach? Let me just ask you that first. What was your first car? A 2004 Honda Accord. 
2004. That's a good car. All right. Mine was a, so when you got it, it was uh, about 12, 13 years old, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Your dad's making you work. He's not uh, making it easy for you, is he? Oh, no. Okay, awesome. My first car was about 12, 13 years old as well, I think. I, I don't remember the year, but it was a uh, Datsun Sentra. You probably don't even know what Datsun is, do you? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be the predecessor to Nissan or Nissan. Nissan. But when Datsun was around, I don't know, they changed their name to Nissan. But yeah, I had to work for it as well. So my son has been really interested in cars and he wants a Tesla. <laughs> so I was oh. like, I said, really? You know, yeah, I want, he wants to get it. So he's dreaming big. I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But I sent him a, I showed him a little picture I saw on Facebook where it was a, uh, an executive level, senior looking uh, executive guy leaning against a sports car, dressed really nice. And the caption on the picture said, if... You, no, the caption said, my boss just bought a sports car and it, my boss told me that if I worked really hard and I put in a bunch of overtime and increased the bottom line to the company, he'll buy himself another car. And I showed that to my son and he thought, wow, that's not very nice. Is I said, but that's the way it works, right? Yeah. Do you want to work for somebody else and buy them a nice car or do you want to work for yourself and buy yourself the nice cars? And Right about that time when I showed him that picture, you came out with that book. So I'm glad you're on the show, Zach. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why you've had? How long have you had interest in real estate? About 100 days, maybe 90. <laughs> so not even three or four months. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. All right. So your dad, Rick, has been doing real estate for a long time, right? Yeah, he's been there for 12, 14 years. Okay. And those of you guys that don't know Rick, he does real estate full-time. He's been doing real estate full-time since when? Do you know? Probably about 2004. Okay. So cool. He's been doing it a long time. Zach, what got you interested like three months ago in real estate? Honestly, I was, for the last three years, I was working as a bag boy in my local grocery store and I hated every second of it. <laughs> and I was working 20, 30 hours a week for little pay. And I just kept seeing checks on my dad's table for 20, 30,000. Uh-huh. And I kind of knew that, that was the way to go. I wanted to work for myself and not work for someone else. Now, had he talked to you about real estate before, tried to talk you into it, working for him or anything like that? Not really. I kind of had to go after it myself. Okay. So you, you saw him do it. Did you have, did you ever think before, I'm just trying to get into a younger teenager, because I know you're an older teenager now, but like a younger teenager's head and like without pushing my son into this kind of a business, were you looking at what your dad did and thinking back then when you were 16, wanting to get a car, wanting to start, you're starting to think about earning money. Did you start thinking about maybe someday you'll do real estate? I was hoping, but when I saw seeing my dad do it, it sound, it seemed really complicated and very advanced hmm. and it's way too much for me to do. And I, I had no idea where to start. Interesting. Okay. So talk about your journey. Go back uh, f- three or four months ago. You're bagging groceries. You're hating life. I mean, kind of. You're just hating your job. I mean, that's a better just way. Job, to yeah. just... <laughs> All right. You're hating your job. And um, what made you decide to start maybe getting 
some interest in real estate, asking your dad for help, or what, what did you do next? Well, after seeing some of the checks on his table, I knew I wanted to get started in real estate. So I kind of went to my dad's library, started taking about two to three books a week and just started reading them. Hmm. They're not his books, and right? They're other books. They're not his books, but they're um, like he didn't write people. Them. I just started. No. Okay. What, started were, them. what were some of the books? Do you remember? Or some of the better ones that you read? Well, one of the big ones I saw was uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and some Robert Sheeman books. Ah, Robert Sheeman. I love him. Okay, yeah. cool. You started reading some books. Now, are you are you done with high school yet? Are you looking at college now? or? Well, I'm in high school right now. I'm still wrestling for my high school. I love it. All right, good. But this spring, I'm graduating from high school. Good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, so you start reading some books, and then what happens? And then I'm sort of... I'm sort of figuring out what I can do in the real estate. And I found, I went to my dad. I found out what should I do. And from the books and him, I found out what I needed to do because I had no money to market. Mm. I had a little money from the bagging. You mean he didn't so give I, you any – your dad didn't give you any money to start marketing? No, I had to earn it. <laughs> Is he laughing right now? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> hey, Rick. Yeah. What what was your philosophy behind that? Why you didn't? Maybe you don't want to talk about this. In well, front of you. you know, to be honest with you, um, he came to me two or three times, probably in the last year. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I remember saying to my wife, "I'm like, how do you deal with you know teaching a kid, much less your son?" Yeah. I said, if he really wants it, um, he's going to have to come get it. So I said, I'd throw him a book. You know, read this, read that. So one day I called him in the library, like, what are the, if you had to pick like two or three books, what would you go to? I go, okay. So he took the books and he hammered me with questions for about three or four weeks. Hmm. And once I saw the questions going, I knew we were on something. And then and I said, son, I go, you got one or two ways to get started in real estate. You're going to have a, uh, some serious money, which you don't really have. And number two, you're going to have to take the sweat equity position. Mm-hmm. So... I made him bug the crap out of me <laughs> yeah, because they have to want it. Like you can guide anybody anywhere, you know, they have to come to you and say, I want to do it because you can't impose your will, especially on your own kids. Oh yeah. And so he just got more into it, sort of asking. And to be honest with you, the books were great, but it didn't relate to any type of like, it wasn't on a teenage level. Yeah. And then he says, dad, why don't you just use me and let's document the journey. And I just looked at him like, you know, what am I getting into? This sounds crazy. And <laughs> I was scared to death and mm-hmm. excited all in the same time. I'm like, cause if you can't make your own kid successful, it's, <laughs> it's like a touch and go. So, um, I made it honestly, and, and Zach can attribute that. I probably made it harder on him than yeah. anyone else I've ever worked with. And mm-hmm. I'll let you kind of explain to it, but he had to come up. I gave him just a, a, a I mean, a bare bones plan. So Zach, why don't you tell them about, you know, how I got you started and, and what was the first thing, what was the first thing that I taught you? Yeah, Zach. Finding a motivated seller was probably the most important thing I had to do in my first couple of deals. Okay. So you didn't have any money for marketing, Zach, right? I had a little from uh, bagging groceries and saving up, <laughs> okay. but not much. How much is a little? Like how much did you have? Like $200 maybe, maybe 500 Okay. Awesome. 
So what did you start doing? I started, I uh, got connected with a sign guy and I started printing out and I got a bunch of bandit signs and I started sticking them out everywhere. Awesome. How many bandit signs would you say you did approximately? Maybe a hundred, 150. Awesome. All right. So then you started getting calls, right? Oh yeah. That's a whole other thing I had to learn. Where did the calls go? Oh, they went straight to my phone. Oh, you mean your cell phone? Yes. Rick, what a concept. (laughs) One of the uh, podcasts that I did with Rick was about how important the phone is. And I think we called it, uh, I'm just looking here, Why You Need to Answer the Phone was the name of the podcast. (laughs) And uh, that's huge. All right. So you're starting to get calls from your bandit signs. And uh, you might have probably, I'm going to guess, you got some angry calls, right? Not a lot of angry calls, but a lot of people wanting me to buy their house for full price. Oh, okay. All right. And then I started getting some calls from actual motivated sellers. So what do you mean by ads? You started placing ads? Is that what you're saying? No, starting to get calls from the motivated sellers. Okay. Okay. And how how did you learn what to say to the sellers when they called? Well, a lot of the books helped me find out and uh, learning from my dad, how he talked on the phone, motivated sellers. Okay. Really helped me um, find the difference between a motivated seller and someone who just wanted full price for the house. So I went through a couple scripts I've seen from the books and I kind of made my own little script system and it really helped. Nice. Were you a little nervous about, you know, sounding inexperienced or young when you were on the phone? Not really. I mean, the, the motivated sellers, they really wanted to get rid of their house. Yeah, so it doesn't even matter. So it? it was very easy talking to them. But the non-motivated sellers are kind of hard on me. Uh-huh. But that's how, that's how I kind of knew if they really wanted to sell their house or not. And so did you learn that if they're not motivated, just you know, get off the phone? You don't need to spend much time with them? Yeah, if they wouldn't even give me their name or the address, I didn't even give them the time of day. Nice. So were you nervous when they were starting to call or what? A little bit, but my nerves kind of calmed down after a lot talking to a lot of people mm-hmm. and I started getting pretty good at it. Okay, cool. And then uh, when the first kind of motivated seller called you, what was that conversation like? Well, it was, uh, it was from a guy who uh, recently lost his job and he had to move out of state to get a new job. And he only had about a week or two to leave. So he really needed to get rid of his house. And it was in pretty good shape. So I got my first deal from the bandit sign. So wait, let's go, let's, let's sit on that for a little while here. He called you, he had a house that he was desperate to sell because he lost his job and he's moving. And, um, Mm -hmm. you just asked him some basic questions on the phone. Did you then schedule an appointment to go to meet him at the house to go look at it? That day I did. That day. Okay, cool. Uh, did you go by yourself? I went actually with my dad the first couple times. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I was wondering, Rick, about how that part works. Because like when my yeah, son... You know what? He said, Dad, I, I, I got one. He's, he's like just... And I'm like, well, calm down. I'll call him back. Ask him a couple more questions. Yeah. And he said, no, he's, 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 he wants to sell it today. So let me do... You know, we did, I taught him how to do some basic research, make sure we're meeting with the right person. And uh, I said, oh, my God. I, I mean, 
when I put out my first band and signed, I, I think I went through a thousand phone calls before I got my first motivated seller. Wow. So we hopped in the car and we headed up there. And I said, you're going to go in. And I pat him on the back. I go, just like you dealt with him on the phone, you're going to ask him these questions <laughs> and go see if you get a deal. Nice. And I go, if you really screw it up, I'll come in at the end. But this is the only way you're going to learn. So he kind of had this, his eyes were wide open. We pulled up to there and, uh, you know, we just walked around the house once. And then what, what was the uh, question you asked me? You looked him in the eye and you said, what, I, what was your, what was your, uh, what was your line to him? It was really straightforward. I just had to ask what, why he was selling. Yeah. And Good. honestly, I had to ask him straight up, what are you willing to, uh, what are you willing to sell his house for just to get rid of it? Uh-huh. That's it. I mean, it was that simple. Wow. And what did he say? He said uh, $55,000. Did you think that was a good price or did you even know? I honestly had no idea. I really didn't know. I mean, I was only a month in. I really didn't know how much the house was worth. Mm -hmm. But uh, my dad found out. He he knew what the price was before and he he kind of freaked out a little bit. But (laughs) your dad freaked out. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was easily a hundred thousand dollar house. Wow. And it didn't need it didn't need much work. No, not at all. You really wanted to get out of there. Nice. Okay, so did you have a contract with you? Yes. So then what Then what did you do? Uh, we gave him the contract. He signed it. Then now, we... Did you have to go through? I, I'm, I know the answer to this, but I'm asking for everybody listening. Did you have to go through the contract line by line and explain every detail to him? No, he, he just signed his name and yeah. he was ready to go. Awesome. Now, do you guys use a like a real thick, heavy eight-page contract, or is it pretty simple? No, it's usually about three lines, three pages. Okay. All right, good. So he just signed the contract, huh? Yeah, it had the price on it. He was happy. All right, then what did you do? A week later, we closed. He was at the closing. He was so happy that we were going to buy this house from him. He was so happy. Now, did you flip it to another buyer, or did, did, uh, did your dad buy it, or what? Basically, how we did it is uh, he had multiple offers for assignments on it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just going to buy it straight up for him. And, and that's why I recommend how everybody starts out. Yeah. Um, so he easily had 15, 20 grand in assignments all day long. And that's just calling from the local real estate agents from the area. So I offered him a deal where I'd, I would uh, put up the cash clean it up and throw it right back out on the market because we're in South Florida. Uh And I mean, stuff's going under contract in 24 hours. So this seller, what you're saying is he had other properties under contract from other wholesalers or he had contracts from other wholesalers, right? Well, the the funny thing is, remember when we, uh, this guy called, he called on three bandit signs. Zach was the only one that answered the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. He had a list of all the other people he was going to call after we met up with him. So I kind of hinted to Zach, we're going to have to try to take this down pretty quickly and aggressively. Oh, yeah. So Zach got it under contract. The valuation of the house was right around ninety-five dollars to $100,000, just to kind of give you some numbers. So, I mean, he's already in the 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah. And so he had to come back home and make a decision on what he wanted to do with the property. And... 
<laughs> you know, we had discussions with it because I wanted to buy it from them, but I had kind of mixed emotions on buying a property for my son. But business is business. Yeah. And uh, he got offered uh, between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars on the wholesale through. Um, I brought some Craigslist ads. You know, I had him run through the whole gamut. Oh, so and you I said? Uh, okay, I thought the seller received offers that were higher, but you're saying that uh, you you actually did started advertising the contract, correct? Correct. And I just taught him how you know a, a simple assignment works, and you know this is what you can expect on this property. And then, uh, to be honest with you, Joey, the property needed uh, one room had to be painted, and you just had to do some landscaping and take some crap out of it. Nice. So, so uh, Zach, goes, Zach goes, I I can do that. Uh huh. So I offered him a deal where I'd put up the money to close on it. I would make some money off of it, and he would make much more than a fifteen or twenty thousand dollar assignment because I knew what the thing was worth. Nice. So you cleaned it up and you put it back on the MLS and you sold it within a week. About it was about ten days. And what? Yeah. How much did you? How much would you get for it? Uh, ninety-six thousand. What? And what kind of buyer was it? <laughs> Just another investor. It's cash, right? Cash deal. Oh, so smokes. you know, part of that is the the one advice I can give to young people: if you can pair up with a seasoned investor. If yeah. it's not a family member or someone you know, yeah. um, I recommend working through your parents. Don't don't deal completely with a stranger. But he could have easily made fifteen to twenty thousand on the assignment. And Zach, what what was your net on that deal when it was all said and done? How much did you get a check for? About thirty two thousand dollars. Yeah. Awesome. So that's one deal. Nice, nice. And that was literally the first two weeks of him being in real estate. It's about five to six years worth of working at a grocery store. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So, I totally agree with what you just said, Rick. If you're just getting started, find another seasoned investor to partner with on these deals, right? Because they have the money, they can close, they have the title companies that you can use to double close if you need uh, or assign. They have access to the money, they have access to just the experience, right? And if you're if you're young listening to this, yeah, I, I agree. Try to try to get your parents involved with helping you with that. But um, that's amazing, Zach. Now, what did you do after that? I spent some of that money on marketing, and I got another deal. <laughs> okay, cool. What kind of marketing did you did you do? A lot more bandit signs. Oh, okay. So we're driving for dollars. Now, did you do the bandit signs yourself, or did you hire someone to do that? In the beginning, I did it myself. But I found out my time was more valuable doing more real estate. Uh So I started hiring some more people lately. But mostly in the beginning, it was just me sticking signs out. Now, what what areas did you target with signs? Busy intersections on the red lights throughout South Florida. But did you go to like rougher neighborhoods or what kind of neighborhoods? Well, they're mostly just highways and intersections. All right. The heart. So you the maximum exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just, did you do them during the day or did you do them at night? Well, in the beginning, mostly in the day, but in my book, I really went in detail how I really got the most out of the signs for my money. And you're in a super competitive market, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. Bandit signs. 
All right. So you did another deal. Uh, how did you, how, was that from a bandit sign? Yes. And you could tell it was a motivated seller? Right off the bat, I did. They gave me some keywords and I knew exactly that they wanted to sell that house fast. It was from a older woman who um, had her son living in there and she just wanted to get rid of the house. She had a bunch of nightmare tenants for the past 10 years and she just wanted to get rid of it. Cool. It's great. I closed a week after I met with her and I made about 20 to 25,000 on that house. Did you assign that or how did you close that? Same deal as the first one with my dad. Okay. And then that one was in a little bit rougher neighborhood and we we actually wound up selling that to a landlord that lived in the neighborhood and couldn't believe we could sell it to him for that price. So we didn't we didn't have to quite go on MLS on that one. Uh-huh. But what how much did you how much did you pay for that one? Paid about forty five thousand dollars. Forty five full fledged a three two house and the uh, I mean the house needed work. And you know, Zach's first intuition is let's fix it up. And I said, we don't make money fixing up houses. Yeah. We make money on uh, facilitating the, the real estate. So I said, let's just sell it lower and get in and out. So that one took about two and a half weeks and we put a lockbox on there and send everybody over. And I believe on that one, we were, we were able to do like a back to back closing. You know, the buyer showed up on the same day we closed. So I let him use my resources to facilitate it and, he actually made the full profit on that one. Nice, nice. All right, so now you're you're also driving for dollars, right? So did you get any leads, good leads from that? Or why don't you talk about what is driving for dollars? Well, driving for dollars is really just driving around your local area looking for houses that are in disarray, you know, of tall grass, just kind of bo- sometimes boarded up windows. I mean, here in Florida, we had a hurricane like three months ago. Yeah. And people still have their shutters up because they're just vacant houses. So it's, it was kind of really easy to find that. Yeah. Okay. And so I just, I wrote down all the addresses I found and I started calling. So you skipped trace them and you got the phone numbers. How did you get the phone numbers? Well, I just uh, skipped traced them online. I used a bunch of websites, mostly Google though. That's how I really wow. found them. Did, uh, did, I'm sure your dad has some, skip tracing services you have to pay for, or at least access to some of that. Did you use any of those services? Not really. I mean, I just searched the phone number and I searched the name with the phone number and was making sure the address came with the name. Nice. Well, I went on the uh, property appraiser site and that really helped me. Okay. Match a name to an address. And then it was pretty easy from there from Google. It doesn't really cost any money. That's how I like it. <laughs> All right. So then when you were, uh, Again, back to the bandit signs real quick. You get someone else to do the signs for you. Are you still, are those calls still going directly to you? Yes, directly to me. I love it. I love it. You know, even in a competitive market, even if you don't have any money, you can still do deals if you just are brilliant at the basics. I I, I love that phrase, brilliant at the basics. I wrote a book about that. And that is basics 101. You answer the phones. And yeah, can, most banded signs that I see now, it goes straight to voicemail. Yeah, people are afraid to pick it up. All right, so um, you've done two deals. Have you 
what do you are you are you working on any other deals right now? Yeah, from one of my driving for dollars, I found a uh, half a duplex with the shutter still on on half the duplex. So I huh. I knew that one was vacant, and I found the caller. I called the uh, owner, and they wanted to sell. It was vacant, and <laughs> closed on it two days ago. Wow! And right now, I'm trying to evaluate evaluate what to do with it. It was kind of in disarray, disrepair, but maybe I might assign it or maybe I just work with my dad again, get him to buy the whole thing. And then how much should we pay for it? I paid about 75, 76,000 for it. What, what do you, what, what's the evaluation on it? It's about 120, 110. Nice. It's a super hot market that's like standing room only. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, of course. And how far is that from your house? It's about a mile away. About a mile from the house. So just driving around, looking for properties that need work. How much? How much time do you spend a week driving for dollars? Well, usually um, I have wrestling practice at three, so uh -huh. I usually leave the house at like one, drive around, and then go to wrestling. I have a little notepad. Do you have? And, you're still in school, right? But um, yeah. Okay, you're in a you're in a public school or private school or homeschool or uh, public school. Okay, so you you leave home at one. Yes. Well, I'm dual enrolled, so I have a college schedule. Okay. I technically go to high school. Nice. Okay. And so you you drive a little bit before wrestling practice. Yeah. And how many days a week do you do that then? Oh, two to three days a week. So you're just driving for dollars, maybe five hours a week. Yeah, that, that's really it. And then, uh, are you still doing bandit signs? Yes. Are you ever going to stop doing bandit signs? Never. <laughs> okay. Uh, you need to write those words down and you need to remember that you just said that, Zach, because I meet so many investors that they start doing something that works and then they get bored with it and they, st they start doing something else. Right. And they, they stop doing what works. I'm guilty of that. So don't think that uh, you're smarter than that simple, basic things, those simple, basic things that you're doing, because it's still going to work in five years from now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're, and I see this invest, this happens a lot too with investors. You know, they start with by answering their phones and then they start focusing on other things or they start chasing shiny objects, some the latest and greatest fancy marketing technique or whatever. And they stop answering their phones or they stop doing the bandit signs or they, whatever it is that got them their first few deals. And then they look back six months later and they haven't done a deal. And they're like, what's wrong? This doesn't work anymore. Definitely. I have a, about a 15, 20 bandit signs a week. I lay out every single week. I love it. Cool. And I've, I've been doing that for three months straight and it's going well. So you've done two deals. You've already bought one, a third and you're getting ready to sell that soon, right? Yes. And so you've netted about it looks like eighty five, eighty seven thousand dollars in net profits. No, no, wait, is that right? No, fifty, fifty thousand dollars in net profits. Yeah, about fifty, fifty five. So, what are you going to do now? Well, what are you doing with that money, by the way? If you don't mind me well, asking. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I don't know if you know about it, but I, I put a little bit of money into cryptocurrency. And, oh, here uh, we go. 
Rick. I don't recommend it, but Rick. He, he can do what he wants. That, that's another show. <laughs> another podcast. But... All right. All right. <laughs> tell, tell him what you had to do today. Um, today I had to go buy the duplex and I had to meet with a contractor and get some. Okay. Uh, bank and the accountant. Yeah, I have to go see an accountant also. Ah, to get... don't forget taxes. Yeah. He's, he's got a little bit of a tax issue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. boy. <laughs> so we're setting him up with everybody. It, I, I told him, I go, it's a great problem to have, son. I mean, yeah, so you're going to pay taxes on it. So, you know, we're working on that towards the, the end of the year. So he's really, uh, I mean, it, to me, it's probably the most rewarding thing in the world to, like, teach your own kid, like, your skill and your trade. Yeah. And I, I do all the adults out there. The one thing I can share with you is, they got to come to you and want you to do it because we all want our kids to be happy and do what they want to do. Yeah. But we all want them to be successful. And I was, I've always held back, you know, do what you want to do, do what you want to do. And he came at me, as I said, two or three times. I just kind of like, read this, read that. And then when he sat down, he's like, no, dad, I really want to do it. I said, well, read the book head to toe and let's see what kind of quality questions come out of it. And that's how we started. And, and the whole goal of this project is it was such a wild experience for me. And I've taught a lot of people, you know, yeah. not as much as you have, but there was nothing more rewarding than be able to like engage your child into real estate investing. And the whole goal of the Bags of Riches is, is really if an 18 year old kid that's still in high school, still wrestling for his local high school, hasn't even gone to college yet and worked as a bag boy in a grocery store, Anybody can do this business. And it, it just reminds me over and over and kind of wakes us up. So the goal is to have a short read. If you're not comfortable talking to your kid, just take the book. It's an easy download and it's, you know, it, it's hot off the press. It, it's less than 60 days old. Just yeah. hand it to your kid. And if it sparks a conversation, then that's great. I, I can tell you, he had a lot of calls that the deals, they didn't work out. I mean, there, there was some in it, but it, it was all part of the learning process. Mm -hmm. And so the idea to engage your kids without like, you know, Oh yeah. We want kids to do what they want to do. So it, it's my goal with the book when we did it, because it was his idea. It wasn't my idea at all. It was like actually the last thing I ever thought of. He's like, let's just make a book that kids can relate to. That's good. So when we went through the process, I just can't like go write it. I go, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I'll, I'll write a little section on the front for the parents. And go at it. And the result of the book is from a teenager's perspective, but honestly, it can apply to anybody. Mm -hmm. Anything that you really apply yourself to, and a kid goes out there driving for dollars and bandit signs and, and generates $50,000 of income just like that. Well, how can we get the book? Uh, definitely. Go to youthreim.com, youthrealestateinvestingmastery.com. Um, I love it. That's where you can get the ebook. Youth, Y O U T H R E I M dot com. And uh, you've uh, you, you're, you've quit the grocery bagging groceries job, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're still doing bandit signs, right? Yes, every week. The calls are still going to your cell phone, right? Yep. Nice, man. Congratulations, Zach. I am, I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm so happy for you and proud of you. It just it warms my heart. That's so awesome. I uh, I can see my kids starting to get some interest, but I'm not pushing them either. Just planting little seeds here and there. 
and uh, who knows if they will ever want to do this business or not. But Zach, what what are some final words of wisdom, final thoughts, advice that you would give to teenagers? Well, honestly, a lot of people, they want the Lamborghinis, they want the Teslas, but they don't want to work for it. Mm-hmm. It's very important to know. If you want all that good stuff, you got to work hard for it. Yeah. And if I, if a little high school bad boy can do it, I, I think anyone else can do it in real estate. That's really good. And your book was so simple and to the point. You know, I looked at how many, how, how few pages there were. And at first my reaction was, hmm, I wonder, was that enough space to get good? In? But it, I was totally wrong. It was a fantastic read and uh, very well done. Very well done. I'm really happy for you, Zach. And Rick, congratulations, man. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So Now, do you have other kids, Rick? Uh, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and okay. she is um, she wants to pursue the medical field, so I'm, I'm happy for her there. Uh-huh. As hopefully, she won't become a doctor and break me. <laughs> and uh, Zach is actually, he's, uh, he won't tell you, but he's graduating high school with his AA degree. Wow. Which was... Uh, Associates eight- of Arts. Yeah, which was uh, which they have uh, most of the states have programs you can do some dual enrollment and work with your local state college. Nice. And uh, I mean, he's taking classes that I didn't even take in my I think my six years of college. But he's taking calculus. He's taking both of his accounting classes, which are coming into good play right now. Wow. And then um, his goal is he wants to attend the uh, University of Florida and okay. and get his. Um, bachelor's degree um, in business, but we Good have some of our talks. He's like, you know, what do I need to go to college for if I need to do this? He's fortunate enough. He's getting, you know, he's getting academic scholarships. He's done very well in school. So uh, he's going to go away for two years yeah, and just study and learn and uh, interact and connect with, with kids. And then I said, you know, you want to come back, but you want to work with me. You want to do your own business, you know, whatever you want to do the, the, he sees the opportunities are limitless. Um, college doesn't define him. It just enhances his education. Yeah. And uh, I think he writes a little bit about in the book and he can kind of, you know, tell you about it. it. We're not here to tell you, you know, what type of schooling, no matter what you do, what your education is, you've got to put in the hard work. And Zach's kind of learned that with answering the phones. And I told him you got to walk a mile in someone's shoes before you hire someone else to do it. He got tired of sticking out the signs all the time and he wanted to expand markets. And I said, how much do you think you could pay someone to do that task? And we started computing it. And he's like, I go, look what you just put in the bank account. And pay someone a couple hundred dollars to stick signs out. It's a great investment. Oh, yeah. So he's going to, uh, and you know what? He wants to go up to Gainesville and open up a new market when he's up there. And I'm all for it. That is so awesome. One of my favorite testimonials is a student that called me up, listened to the podcast. His name is Alex. And he goes to a university here in the Midwest and he'd been listening to my podcast and a couple other podcasts, wanted to make some money in real estate, but just had a hard time. He didn't have any money for marketing. And so he just from the podcast, he learns enough. He goes out there and starts just posting ads on Craigslist. Hey, we buy houses, started getting phone calls, answered the calls because he didn't have money for using a virtual phone system or whatever. And gets phone calls, gets somebody that says, I want to sell my house, sells the house. He didn't have any contracts. So he went to Office Depot 
or Office Max, whatever, and buys one of those generic contracts that you can buy for leases or houses or cars and stuff like that, and fills it out with the seller at the price. He had no idea how to get comps. He just thought maybe it was a good price. We'll find out. And then he puts another ad in Craigslist and did some bandit signs and sold it within a few days, and he netted $12,000 profit on a guy that didn't have a dad, didn't have any kind of course or education, just some simple podcasts, and starts taking massive action. And I love that, man. I love hearing these stories of people doing this. Um, You know Wendy Patton, don't you, Rick? Yeah, yeah. Long time. She's got some amazing stories as well of teenagers that would go to her workshops and boot camps and learn how to do lease options and then do them at home. Uh, yeah, Zach hasn't been to one of them yet. We we didn't even kind of get to. Uh, actually, I just came back from a workshop in Boston, a networking thing. Oh yeah, they kind of hit me with an oink. <laughs> hey, okay, but uh, hey, t- hey, uh, before we hang up, tell yes. me about that story about the uh, the motivated seller you got while you were in class. Oh, uh, this yeah. is good. Uh, listen, <laughs> I was a uh, I was in my one of my college classes, and I got. I, I, I'm not supposed to do this, but I always answer my bandit sign calls during class and always leave the room and always get in trouble. <laughs> and so it was actually from my, one of my, uh, my last deal from the half duplex. So I left a voicemail. She called me back and I left class. I answered it and I got the meeting day and I came back and I got in trouble from the professor. So they told me that if I don't spend any time in the class, I won't do well in uh, life and job and getting Holy a job. Holy smokes! And so well, you I didn't mind. you di- you didn't talk back, right? No, I just shut my face. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had to tell him. He comes home. He goes, Dad, I got good news, bad news. He goes, I got a motivated seller, and yes. I, I got a follow up, but I got kicked out of class. I've never been kicked out of a class before. Oh, he actually like, kicked you out. Yeah, yeah, he kicked him out. So it was. Uh, I go, you made the right call, son. You got to make decisions in life. And he's trying to go that extra mile. And uh, I just, I, I was just giggling as a father when I came home from that. Because I'm like, here I have a professor telling my son, you know, what to do. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm just, I'm not against college. I went to college. Yeah. I just think, uh, you know, sometimes they're not open to, uh, what, what did some of your other, some of his other advisors in college and told them that uh, real estate investing is way too risky and it's dangerous and it's like and i tell them i go you know if you're ever uncomfortable you let me know i go but do you want their job or or Mm -hmm. do you want endless opportunity so Mm -hmm. um we're dealing with that a lot in college now and it's like i'm they're there to advise we look at it from an academic standpoint but so he's got to deal with some marketing and some you know, they actually have entrepreneurial classes in college, which seems like an oxymoron oh, to me. Oh, don't get me started, man. No, I know, but it's, I, uh, it's, I said, listen, you're not going to get that. What you're doing now is, yeah. is the Harvard master's PhD you know, degree in what you're getting. So you, you want to learn this. If they want to teach you something about accounting and philosophy, but it, I just thought you'd find it funny. He had to make a decision to get kicked out of the class. And, and you know, Zach, you know, <laughs> that he would like – Usually that's disrespectful because I had to make a trade. So you got how many kids are in the class? It was about 40, 50. So 40, 50 kids, this kid gets up with his cell phone and starts taking it because you got a house to sell me. He starts walking out. The professor's just shaking his head of like, wow. he has no idea the kid's pocketing 50 grand from this phone call. Probably more than he'll make all year. I hope he listens to this podcast. 
So you know, and I believe in education. <laughs> I I just got my MBA a year ago. I don't know if you knew that, Rick. No, I didn't. Congrats. I started. I got my bachelor's in engineering, and I worked hard for that. I, I went to community college for a couple of years, three three years, and uh, paid for it all myself. But then started when I was working my corporate job, started my MBA, and I just never finished it. So it had been a span of about 13 years from when I started my MBA. And I, uh, you know, I've been working for myself for six or seven years. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to finish this MBA and I got it done. But man, I got so annoyed several times in some of my classes because they just had no idea, no real world experience that um, I thought mattered. But Having said that, I think the value that I got from getting my college education uh, far outweighs the costs. The benefits outweigh the costs. Yeah. For it. And in and, and the Bags to Riches books, we actually talk about this. I hit it head on. You know, my wife comes from an educating background. And I said, these are real conversations people got to have. So my son's actually, you know, he's a blend between both worlds. Yeah. And Zach will tell you the advice I told him about college. I go get through it as fast as you humanly possibly can with zero debt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's opportunity. So he's going to school just for two years. And he's like, oh, I can get it done in a year and a half. I'm like, so to me, he's still a young man. He's still learning, you know, that there's, there's more than just real estate investing. And, I, you know, I say that with, with a light heart, but, you know, developing our, our young adults to make decisions that make sense. It makes no sense spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to a college yeah. to learn marketing for real estate, in my opinion. Yeah. Or entrepreneurship. So he's, <laughs> yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's just it's a fun. So everybody has a different way. He just wants to get through it. Um, we're encouraging it because he's got a, he's got a great plan. And, and in the book, the neat part about it is it's, it does a basic step by step action plan. And, and the bottom line is it's not this business is not that complicated. I mean, he has less than three months experience and he makes more than most people like make all year. And and he's telling me he's just getting started. He's not like writing all these plans and he wants to attend all these seminars and webinars. And I said, you know, go check out Joe's stuff. And he's just like, Joe and Tom Kroll. (laughs) Well, be careful, Rick. You gotta, gotta be careful with the shiny objects, you know, here's the thing. Uh, shiny so objects will us. shiny objects will make you get will make you blind focus will make you rich oh yeah <laughs> but that's funny though but zach and rick Ginn, ladies and gentlemen big round of applause Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> i love it man this is one of my favorite podcasts that i've ever done this is so cool and uh i'm excited about this book youth r-e-i-m Dot com youth r e i m dot com go there get the book are, are you selling it or what is it free or what how much does it cost or what well originally my dad wanted me to sell it for a hundred dollars like his regular products <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> and i told him uh, a young kid like me i, I couldn't afford a hundred bucks so yeah. i decided about twenty nine dollars that's probably good it's not too much, not too little. So I'm selling it for $29. Nice. It's it's definitely worth its weight in gold. Really help you out, get your action plan to get you started. And in 90 days, you can do what I'm doing. 
Listen, I, I believe in this so much. I heartily recommend it. And if anybody, I'm going to put my neck on the line here. And if anybody listening to this podcast cannot afford $29 and you have a teenager that you think would be a benefit from this book and you cannot afford $29, send me an email, support at joemccall.com and I will pay for it for you. All right. Support at joemccall.com. Let me know if you can't afford $29, and I'm trusting everybody listening to this has integrity, (laughs) okay? And uh, get that book. It's worth every penny of it. My son, he just, you know, just a couple hours ago, I'm having my son look into some land investing, like flipping vacant lots. And uh, so I gave him access to one of my uh, courses that I bought on land investing, and he's going through it. Right now, so just a couple hours ago, he came up to me to, to my office and asked me to help him log into the site so he could access the videos. Uh, so this is I'm excited, man. This is this has been a great podcast. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Youthreim.com. Go there right now, guys. And uh, if you like the show, guys, please leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this. Go to iTunes, do a search for Real Estate Investing Mastery, find the show, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, go to the website to get the show notes, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and just do a search for, again, G-I-N-N, or Zach, Z-A-C-H. That's how you spell your name, right, Zach? Yep. And you will see the book there. So the book, again, is Bags to Riches, From Bags to Riches. And it's only 29 bucks. Go to youthreim.com and get it. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot.